welcome to the third episode of Your Time on the Run, the hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Australian who always hides her identity whenever she appears on a programme, Participant X, whose voice will be <laughs> masked in the edit. Michelle, first gentleman. Hello. And the guy who the hunters would describe as both lonely and needy, Anthony Lee. <laughs> Good evening. So, our third episode of Hunted, it's rattling through this series. It sure is, and we're halfway through already. I know, and we have half of the participants left after this episode. What a coincidence, eh? Hit a thunk. And yet again, we start with the exact same drone scene that I'm assuming is just going to be in every episode now. So this will be the last week I mention it. (laughs) Yeah, I've just got to the point of skipping through that bit now. I hope they don't suddenly change it up, otherwise I'm going to get completely thrown. But one very important change that's... I know you noticed as well, Ant. Mail monitoring was added to the disclaimer at the start of the episode. Yeah, just sneakily yes. stuck in there. Instead of AMPR this week, we get mail monitoring. Hmm. And me being observant, I wrote that down and thought, hmm, is someone going to be sending some debit cards this week? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't there for no reason, was it? Did they have that power last year? If they did, they obviously didn't have to exercise it. I suppose what happens is they respond to what's going on, don't they? And if if the fugitives do something where they can respond to it, then they're going to flag up that they've done it, I would imagine. If nobody had posted anything, there'd be no need to mention it, mm. would there? I suppose so. Yeah, but last year we did have a couple of, oh, I'm going to send you my debit card, can you get this money out? Yeah, we did. We did. I guess it falls into the category of things that happen that don't affect the outcome. Yeah. And um, we get our usual brief recap of where everyone is. So the hunters have nothing on Ayo and Madhu. Uh, Anna and Elizabeth have made their way to Edinburgh, but I thought they'd cross back over the Fulth Road Bridge last week. Yeah, I think that's just where the um, HQ think they are. I think they have just gone over the border. And when they looked at the map, it looked to me like they were just this side of the border. Yeah. And um, they have very little on Lolly. And then Nick assumes the Dr. Ricky Allen Memorial punching bag role. And basically gets called a friendless loser. Yeah, which is interesting. Although I think that the tone changes quite substantially on how the hunters look at Nick throughout the episode, which I suspect is not accidental. Uh, So it starts off with Nick having no new associates that they know of. And he's moved from the Birmingham area, about seven miles away from the drop point, to Cornwall. He is very, very west. He is. He can't go much further west because they do have to stay on in the mainland. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get his feet wet if he goes much further, isn't he? Maybe that would be a great hiding place. Because they say you can't hide in a sewer and you have to stay in the same... You can only stay in the same place for two days on, uh, at most. But what if you were... What if you brought, like, diving gear with you? <laughs> yeah, just scuba <laughs> round the coast for, for four because weeks. Because te- technically you wouldn't be in the same place for more than two days, unless you count the sea as a place. Mind you, you'd still have to contact someone. Yeah. You could have one of those satellite marine phones, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> we are straying into the um, social media trap of lots of places that would kind of bend the rules. <laughs> it's not going to make a great show, is it, watching someone scuba dive for four weeks? I don't know. I think it'd be entertaining. It's not on the level of water skiing, but it'd be... An entertaining diversion for an episode, I think. Yeah, or, or maybe if they were to venture across the Welsh border, they could go bog snorkelling. That's, I think that's quite popular in Wales, isn't it? 
Yeah, I could imagine um, Hamish and Michaela trying that if they got to the final week. <laughs> it's amazing, we're going bog snorkeling. <laughs> Maybe that's what she was trying to do last week. She was jumping in the canal, thinking, oh, I forgot my snorkel. Damn it. I think there's more communicable diseases in the canals than there is in bog snorkeling. <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand why you've even got a snorkel. You can't <laughs> even see anything. <laughs> it's more about the breathing than anything. Oh, it's just very silly. <laughs> and um, Nick's winner edit continues with him saying he wants adventure and money. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I've I've written down at least four times in my notes the word winner with big exclamation marks, basically after every paragraph um, that denotes that Nick's just said something. We discussed this on off air on the Apprentice podcast yesterday, but Nick is getting a massive winner's edit and a hero arc. Yeah. Absolutely, which is fabulous, because if we're not reading this wrong, that means he's going to win, which is great. Yes, I would be shocked if Nick didn't win. I would be very shocked. There's just too much. I think it's sad how they're describing him. But do you not remember that in the first episode last year, they talked about Dr. Ricky Allen having a small wang? No. How did I miss that? I think they hacked his laptop or something and he was looking for erectile dysfunction pills or something in one of his Google searches and they were just really, really mean about him and said he had a small penis. (laughs) Couldn't, of course, because he's a GP. Would that not be a more logical solution? Yeah. I I can't remember the exact um, situation behind it, but they definitely said in the first episode last year that Dr. Ricky Allen has a small penis. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe that should be the episode title. (laughs) Episode 154, Dr. Ricky Allen has a small penis. <laughs> well, aside from all that, I wonder if they'd say the same thing if Nick was a woman staying at home looking after, you know, the autistic son. I wonder if they would put her in the same category. No, I, I made a note of that as well, that, you know, there's lots about, you know, he, he hasn't achieved anything. He has achieved something. He's He's... He's looking after a family and he's got an autistic son. That's a pretty big bloody achievement, if you ask me. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Michelle. If that was the other way around, people would be up in arms if they did suggest that a woman staying at home looking after the family wasn't anything but successful. I think it's a bit crazy. I guess it's sort of less of a cultural norm for someone to be a house husband than a housewife. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not. you can't be successful. Yeah, it doesn't give them any excuse. No. But I felt bad for Nick. When most of my notes on Nick are stuff like he has no friends, they think he's alone, or his circle of friends is like 10 people on Facebook, and his main associate is someone he's not spoken to for 30 years. It makes him ideally suited for this game, though, doesn't it, eh? True. He describes himself as technically unemployable, which yeah. just gave me flashbacks to Lucinda from The Apprentice saying she's technically useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then very quickly we get, we get to... Listen to Ashley talking about how actually secretly she hopes he does really well. So we get that bit of a an underdog current coming through. So mm. I, I definitely got the sense in this episode that we, we are supposed to be rooting for Nick, which is great. Yeah. I know we have been from minute one, but he's gone, kind of gone from bumbling, inept guy to actually someone who they've now built a really good story where we need to feel sympathy for him. We, we are hoping that he does well. He's got a great story to tell. So I, I'm up for that. Don't forget, though, as well, 
Nick was the first person that we saw fully fleshed out in the series. Yes, yeah, even though it wasn't his episode. We got a massive Nick scene right at the start of the first episode. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, it was all put nicely in context for us. So, Nick is obviously someone we're supposed to pay attention to. To what extent, I don't know yet. But I'm hoping he's the winner, or one of the winners. I hope so, and all indications are telling me he's going to make it all the way. Even the little scene with um, Julian Black's having a coffee, you know, he's got time on his hands and a wig on his head, and it's all jolly, and everyone really likes him, and it's, yeah, I, I think it's looking really good for Nick now. My suspicion is that we're going to have three winners. Okay. I think it's going to be Nick, Anna, and Elizabeth. Yeah. Because Anna and Elizabeth have had a lot of marketable content. Yeah. They have, haven't they? Whereas Madhu and I haven't had much at all. No, no. I think I think there's a different story coming their way. But then again, thinking about it, could Nick be our only winner? He certainly could be. He could. Imagine all that money to himself. That'd be yeah. really nice. That'd be fabulous. That's what I mean. Because at the moment they're all playing for twenty grand each. Yeah. But as people get caught, obviously their shares increase. Maybe the way they're pointing us is that Nick is going to be the winner and on his own. Yeah, that could be the case. Um, I, I I still wouldn't bet, bet against Anna and Elizabeth making it, mainly because they're just carrying on and nothing really happened with them this episode. Yeah, whenever Nick's on the screen, though, we've had him talking about how he doesn't feel like he's contributing to the family mm-hmm. monetary-wise. But he is! Or the, I mean, he's yeah. contributing in other ways. Um, I just had a, a thought. I didn't. It just just came to me now. Wouldn't it be good if they, it was sort of like the Hunger Games, and somehow they notified the hunters when a person had gone, when a person had been caught, so that you know basically they try harder to get to the end because they know there's only a few of them left. Yeah, yeah. Send a big beacon up into the sky or something. <laughs> no, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be really good, wouldn't it? If they knew, if they knew on the final day that they were the only one that could make it to the extraction point, so that so it was a hundred grand or nothing. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be cool. But I don't know how they'd do that with without breaking the illusion of the cameraman or woman speaking to the producers. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I suppose they could Unless do, they put it out on uh, Twitter. Yeah, that, tweet. that's what yeah. I was going to say. They could put it out on media or something. I guess the only other thing going against that is I still suspect they're, they're, they're playing... Yeah, I think they're playing with the timeline a little bit more than they're giving in as well. I, I think they it's probably not quite as chronological as, as we're led to believe. I think it's a lot more than it was last season, but I, I still would imagine they're monkeying around with the timeline a little bit. As we found out this year, there's also a risk of spoilers coming out if they tweet anything about where people have placed. Yeah. Because there is still a spoiler that we've now had confirmed Mm -hmm. that I don't know if you know about, Michelle, which is why I'm not going into any specifics. There is a spoiler that is now confirmed to be happening this week. The thing that Ant and I both know about has now officially been confirmed, basically. Before it's been on. Yeah, because they were using Twitter as part of the game when they were um, looking for fugitives. There was there was a couple of tweets that went out that were quite quite significantly different yeah. from other ones. It, it was very no. If you were, if you were watching what was going on, as obviously we were, uh, you could certainly tell something was up. Yeah, there was something that was odd when the cast list was released. Mm-hmm. Really? For, given yeah, given that we knew about something. 
This is quite interesting. Do you want me to say any more, Michelle? Or... Will it, it tell me who comes goes out next week? No. Okay, yeah, tell me. Ayo and Madhu split up. Well, compared to they nearly got in a fist fight this week, it doesn't surprise me. No, I mean, this episode was telling you this is going to happen. There was so much talk about how fractious their relationship is and how Madhu's wife surprised they're still together and doesn't think they should have gone together. And as soon as that was coming out, it became really obvious that, yeah, we saw a tweet back in uh, be about May time, I think, while they were still out there, um, that was basically a wanted poster for one of them and not the other. Yeah, there was a separate ah. wanted poster for one of them. But the usually the press releases are only released a week in advance, but they've released the week afters as well for some reason. Yeah. Which confirms whether anyone gets caught next week and also that I own Madhu's float. Interesting. So basically, Ant and I know what happens next week. <laughs> We'd like our very own open source investigators, Michael. That's what we are, you know. I know. I'm quite impressed that we both we both managed to stumble upon that when they were actually filming. Yeah, and I also like that that they revealed that term in this episode because I like being an open source investigator, which basically means you find stuff out that's already in the public domain. Yeah. So, in other words, when, whenever they go and they use an open source investigator, basically they're looking on Facebook and Twitter. That's pretty much it. Pretty much. And I would, the sole reason that I would not want to go on this show is I would not want them harassing anyone on my social media. <laughs> no. Mainly because they would just dob you in in an instant, mate. I would not want the hunters to start tweeting at John Montgomery and uh, Woo for me. <laughs> Working on the Woo follow already. <laughs> Given how much he's been tweeting us already. Yes. <laughs> Um, yes, Lolly. We he- we hear about Lolly again. We do, and <laughs> Lolly is a star, not on the same level as um, Jessica from Apprentice, but she's she has a fun episode. And the hunters have a go at her as well. They say not... she's lonely, but you don't have to be. Just because you're alone, it doesn't mean you have to be lonely. Yeah, they don't sort of rip her apart like they rip Nick apart. No. No, no. They just say that based on based on her Facebook that she puts out this big persona, and actually she's probably a little bit more lonely and needy. I, I found it really interesting that even giving that information out, they still didn't mention that she's actually a comedian because that's pretty stereotypical comedian fodder, isn't it? You yeah. know, they like to perform, but deep down they're they've got some needs. But for whatever reason, they they made sure that they didn't talk about that. It's typical people in the media behavior, actually. I went into this a little bit in Amazing Race Asia, but I have a radio background, and a lot of people who work in radio off-air tend to be a little bit introverted and put on a persona for when they're in front of the microphone or in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me that a lot of people who work in, especially radio, but also sort of TV and other media like that, tend to have some sort of personal issues going on quite a lot of the time because it's the whole job is about putting on a front and an act and yeah. you can't always yeah. do that in your personal life. No, absolutely. And it's an element of control, isn't it? Yeah. You can control a performance and uh, get the outcome you want. So um, Nick has a small circle of friends and uses an old school friend to get money undetected. But, of course, as we learned at the start of the episode, HQ are monitoring everyone's mail. And oh, there's a wonderful scene where a pair of hunters just get really pissed off at the fact that Nick apparently has no friends, so it's making their job very difficult. 
Yeah, how, how dare he be hard to track? <laughs> Good on him. <laughs> that, that, that wonderful, for fuck's sake, this is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and again, that's all building this narrative of let's root for Nick. You know, they're even making the hunters look like they're the bad guys at that stage, aren't they? Even more than they already do. Yeah. And Lolly's plan is to use a network of friends, and she's currently in Norfolk. And her getaway driver from week one, Emily, is questioned and then taken back to HQ. And her phone is commandeered by one of the hunters. Uh, at which point, some for some reason, another one of her friends talks quite openly about Lolly's plans. Yeah, it seemed a little bit odd, that did. They... <laughs> yeah, can I take you to Lund? Yeah, it was just... I didn't buy that sequence really because, firstly, if if he's being Emily, if Mark's being Emily, why would he call her Lorna? Yeah. Nobody calls her Lorna, so that would immediately that would be a red flag, surely, for this Sarah to to know that something was wrong. I think she does know she's wrong when she sends the text that says, "Uh, delete that." When she's given the SJG message. Yeah. Which again just felt a little bit. It was a bit of an odd message to send. It was. I was told not to send it under any circumstances. What about SJG? That seems a little bit strange. Fake. Possible. I like the way they did it, though. It was very Sherlock, wasn't it, with the text coming up on the screen? And at least they didn't do it like House of Cards, where the text is just illegible. (laughs) No, you could see it. Because there were points when my brother and I were watching House of Cards where we had to pause Netflix, walk up to the screen and see what they were saying. Oh, that kind of defeats the object of putting it on the screen, doesn't it? I know. We did get to see another piece of amazing deduction, though. Did you notice that Mark managed to deduce that SJG is initials? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, well done. Well, no, because because they are initials, Mark. That's that's what they are. SJG are initials. <laughs> See, if, if Lolly had thought more about her codes, maybe she should have randomised those letters as well to make it harder for them. That code was really clever. Yeah, it I, was. I really like that. Very, very good. She should have made it slightly more obscure Amazon order, though, I think. Well, at the time, it hadn't had any reviews, had it? So it wasn't a bad one. That review is still there, by the way. I had a look. Um, but I had a look for a very specific reason. I know I do my little venturing into geekiness, but knowing when the review was posted pins down the date of what was going on, doesn't it? And, yes. Uh, and it, it was the 4th of May, so they were still filming in May. Interesting. Hmm, I thought so. And that, and also there are lots of other reviews now. There's about four copies of that game on Amazon, and every one of them now has a review almost similar to the original one, and lots, and lots of people going, ha-ha, lolly, they broke your code. Which in years to come is going to be fascinating for people who are actually genuinely browsing for the Kevin Bacon game. <laughs> They'll be like, what? What's this all about? So the Hunters work out who SJG is, and uh, it's just in the episode as Lolly sends her the debit card. It's Sophia Jackson Gill, one of her friends. Yeah, and what a coincidence that uh, they just happen to be monitoring post in this particular episode, eh? That, that whole Amazon, it's a very clever clue. It is. It is brilliant. If she could maybe have communicated that code before the series started, she'd have mm. definitely got away with it. That would have gone completely undetected. It's just a shame that she had to send a letter explaining what the code was. And then we fly back to Nick, who is low on cash, and meeting Paul, his friend who got the cash out. And not knowing that Paul's phone is being monitored, Nick rings him from the phone of the driver who's taking him to the meetup. 
Yeah, and do you know what? Nick's been pretty smart, and I was thinking about this. There's no real reason why he has to meet Paul face-to-face. They could have just arranged like a dead letter drop. He could have put the cash somewhere, and, and he just picked it up, you know, a few minutes later. It's, it feels like a little bit of a rookie error when he's made all these great moves, but... Does this okay. not go back to the rule about how they have to make an effort to contact family and friends? Ah, uh, yeah, you could be right because it does say they have to they have to build a network, don't they? They have to use that. Yeah, that might be might be what he had to do. This is probably Nick's one attempt at contacting someone who he knows would be my suspicion. Yeah, it could be. He thinks hmm. They haven't. He thinks hmm. They haven't actually caught up to me. I've probably got enough time to be able to do this and get away with it. Yeah, and it does also sort of uh, put an end to the people saying that as long as you've got an untraceable phone, you're all right. Well, it kind of depends who you're calling, doesn't it? Because if they're tracing that end, it doesn't matter where you're calling from. Exactly. Alluding to last week and how there were lots of dobbers and uh, people calling in, I loved the uh, couple in the car with him. And uh, he said, it fills me with a high level of joy being able to, uh, you know, (laughs) not give away. Nick's, uh, you know, where he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the hunters obviously work out that it's Nick who's ringing and managed to rather quickly find the Facebook of his driver. Yeah, yeah, apparently by just looking for the phone number on Facebook. Which I have used before. Have you? Yeah, if you um, search someone's mobile number on Facebook, if it is on their account, it does come up with their their uh, page. Mm, I figured it must do. That's that's what open source analysts do, you see. Yeah, it's, it's very handy for when you get a random number ringing you on the mobile. So Nick meets up with Paul in his hometown, and somehow the hunter's got a recording of the uh, of the call. Yeah, which I guess, you know, in the real world, um, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, the, the state can get hold of recordings on mobile phones, can't they? I think it's been used in evidence in a few cases, so it is definitely possible. That's going to, I'm assuming, be down to gold command. I think they probably had a recording, and when the hunters found out that Nick had made this call, um, Kevin O'Leary gave them the recording and said, have fun, kids. Yeah, it will, it will be actual audio, won't it, that has been recorded. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, the, it's the, the chain of command thing, isn't it? If they say, right, we've tracked Nick to this phone, can we have the last call that, that went there, then they'll, they'll pass it over to them. Yeah. Uh, and two teams of hunters are deployed to the New Forest, which is where Nick gets dropped off. And one of them gets to use the first set of drones. Dun, dun, dun. And the other gets to use the first set of dogs. Yay! And I basically wrote no in huge letters on my page because I thought, <laughs> no, I can't get caught. The bit that had me worried was that he was described as marching past Texaco. I was like, no, don't go all Jez and Kirk now. (laughs) I love how ineffectual the dogs have been. We've seen the dogs twice this episode, and the dogs have got precisely zero cents and zero clues for anyone. It's fantastic. It's it's great that they're doing nothing. This this is why I was a little bit dubious about um, them saying they're only four miles away. Because they know exactly where he's been, and if there are only four miles away at any given point, that's not very far, so the scent would be pretty fresh. So that's what I mean when I say I think they're monkeying around with timelines a little bit. I think what they meant to say was they were four miles away at some point after Nick had left that location. Yeah. 
and uh, Nick managed to stumble across some farm workers who helped him escape. And we get to see another scene of people drinking McDonald's coffee. I'm wondering if there's a sponsorship going on there. Yeah, well, it was Mercedes-Benz last year, it was Volvic this year, and a hidden sponsor of Maccas. Sorry, bloody Maccas for Ben. You just said Maccas. I was very impressed. Yeah, I do. I, because I listen to so much Hamish and Andy, I do genuinely say Maccas now, rather than McDonald's. Can I just say Nick's disguises? He's pretty good. He keeps putting different ones on. They're awesome, aren't they, with his 70s wig and moustache. I haven't, I haven't seen the moustache on, though, yet. The one he bought on Amazon. moustache last night. No, I think that's a real one, though, wasn't it? He's, he's got his big handlebar thing from, from Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it was one of his things that he ordered. But we didn't get to see Lolly's dog mask. I've just realised. Yeah, I realised when I was writing up my notes earlier. Where was the dog mask? I need to know now. I feel robbed of the dog mask. If there's secret scenes anywhere, producers, and you're listening, please release the dog mask footage. And also, producers, if, you, if you're listening, please sign Anthony up for uh, the next series, because it'd be hilarious. <laughs> for the two minutes <laughs> I'm on the run before I get caught for doing something spectacularly stupid. You know, you know how they've written those one-day events in London? Yeah, I think I'd struggle. We should get you signed up for one of them. But, but I tell you what, Anthony, if you were on the run and you had an extensive chat to Michael about what you could do while you were on the run and how you two could meet up, could you imagine? It would just be, the hunters would just be... What the hell are they doing now? Like, <laughs> I think you two could totally rot the system. The thing is, they would then probably bring me in for questioning. Mm-hmm. And you would, would tell them, Jack. They wouldn't be able to use any footage unless they paid me money. <laughs> if, if they, I'm sorry, Anne, if they offered me 500 quid, yeah. <laughs> no way! I've said this on the podcast already. That's all I'm worth. Just... Say, look, if they offer you money, I'll just give you one dollar more. So, back to Io and Madu. Uh, and Io has been tweeting the hunters with cryptic pictures to try and taunt them. That's a really smart move, don't you think? No, 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 no. What is that all about? For one very good reason that wasn't even mentioned on the episode. If you tweet a picture from your phone and you have the location on, even if you haven't actually tagged the location, the picture will have the EXIF data. Yes, it will. And they should know this because they are alleged IT consultants. I didn't know that. It is the reason that so many Survivor pictures get spoiled. (laughs) Yeah. When the press pictures come out, people can work out exactly what day they're from purely because of the data from the pictures. This is true. Yeah, all the metadata will give all of that away, even if you have got your location. And and the likelihood is they probably didn't even switch geotagging off on their phones anyway. Nope. And uh, Io is also being very an- antagonistic and cocky. I was looking forward to seeing a bit of these guys, just basically from seeing how they interact on social media. I really like them. They're, they're a lot of fun. I kind of thought this was what they might do, and they didn't disappoint. It's great. Have a go at the Hunters, why not? Were we not promised Lolly basically being the spiritual successor of Dr. Ricky Allen as well? Yeah, yeah, although I do recall one of the three of us saying that she might just have an episode with lots of content and then flame out at the end. Who was that? Oh, yeah, that would be me. You're not the only one who can do gloating, Michael. And Ayo and Madu are staying with a stranger in North Wales, and apparently they met at a library and are competitive hackers. And we're constantly trying to crack each other's passwords, which when 
IO has such wonderful passwords like 1234, probably didn't take that long. Yeah, let me in one. Yeah, what a genius. I wonder if they're ethical hackers. Who knows? Yeah, we've not seen much of the ethical hackers recently, have we? Well, no, they're, they're too busy with their open source analysts to worry about ethical hackers now. And um, IO is a loose cannon, according to Madu. Yeah, and I think that message came over loud and clear in this episode, didn't it? Every reference to these two is, watch out, they've got a bit of a, a lively relationship, they tend to fall out, Io's a bit impulsive, Madu's the sensible one. I think, yeah, we message understood. And uh, Madu logs into both of their Facebook accounts, which also is a stupid idea, because Facebook does tag where the IP address that you last logged in at, and the hunters can then find it when they log in, and then they can use who is data to find the exact house that you are staying at. Yeah, they could, because if they're replicating powers of the state, then yeah, that that chain of events can happen. Therefore, they can short-circuit it by saying, if we did this, we would find out where that, where that login came from. If you log into Facebook on your mobile, or someone's mobile, would that also give you away as much as if you were at a home address? Yeah, so the IP address would go back to your telephone company. And so you'd know which network you were on, and then right. you'd just pin down the time and then just get the sole location for where you were yeah. at that time. So you'd actually get really okay. precise information, particularly if you're in a city. And IO has insecure passwords galore, which just makes me think as an IT consultant, what the hell are you doing? Surely the first lesson would be privacy and security. Yeah, that would be the first lesson. Second lesson would be don't store all your passwords in Chrome because you can literally do what they did, which is open up the page and show display passwords. So, yeah, bit, bit of a bit of a hashtag fail for the IT guys there. And the hunters find out that Io and Madhu have a fractious relationship, and they interrogate Madhu's wife, who is the first person ever in hunted history to ask not to be shown on camera. Yeah, mm. which again, it can't be legit, can it? Because the condition of signing up for the show is that they get access to all your friends and family. They've already told us that. So I think that's a bit of a setup. I think that's just to make it look a bit more real than it really is. I'm not sure they would have let them on the show if their close family weren't willing to be on camera. I could understand it if she said, no, I'm not going to be any part of the programme, but she still cooperated. She just wasn't comfortable being on camera, which I can kind of understand. Um, So Ayo and Madu are on train to Cheshire, I think it was and argue about whether Io should call one of their associates. Yeah, which is not much of an argument, is it? Don't do it. I know. What is wrong with him? So annoying. And then the final part of the episode, which is just one person, and that is Lolly. The downfall of Lolly. Which begins, as all good plans do, with a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's a bit geeky, but I I train for a living, and, oh, come on, put a bit of effort in, please, guys. At least have every piece of text spin round like you're doing a year nine project. <laughs> no, at least don't do that. That was one thing I was glad they didn't do, but plain white background, mm, bullet points, oh, dear me, so 1990s. But one question I did have to ask, if hunting hours are eight to late, A, how come Lolly could have a rendezvous at nine? And yes. B, how come the hunters could catch her at nine? Yes, that was my question too. That's a very good question. Maybe we were misinformed on the hunting hours, as it apparently we were on the contact list. Because according to IO, that wasn't a thing. They didn't have to give a list of their contacts to the hunters, so maybe it's not 
eight till eight. Maybe maybe one of the fugitives when they've listened to this would let us know. Seeing as though we know we have a few of the fugitives, please tell us because you know we're actually interested about this. Yeah, that would be really good. Thank you. And Lolly scopes out the rendezvous location and thinks that she's been spotted, which isn't far from the truth, but not by that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a guy looking at me. I wonder why that might be. It's probably the fact the you've got a camera there. guy following yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a, a, big, a big fucking camera following you. And uh, when they were setting it all up, was it really necessary to have someone ejected from a vehicle wearing a full camera No, but it made for a great clip that they could show on all the trailers. Uh, and... Of course, the queens of last year, Nick and Danny, are back, and they are getting into position to catch her. Yeah, not featured enough, in my opinion, but never mind. No, it looks like they're going to get a featuring credit next week, though. Yeah, I think so. We we finally get the, come on, next week. And Lolly has maybe the episode title of not wanting to go down in Essex. Yes, I did did pick up on that one. Marvellous. Given the residents of Essex, at least as they are portrayed in TOWIE, she might be the first person not wanting to go down in Essex. Um, And Lolly tries to sneak out with the hunters watching. The hunters then try and apprehend the wrong person, which is her friend Sophia. And she decides to turn around and go underground with £55 left in her pocket. And then she gets chased by a man in a ghillie suit. Hunter Will, no less. Hunter Will. Hunter Will catches her, and she's the fifth fugitive captured. Yeah, and it's a shame, because, you know, based on this episode, she would have been really good fun. It's a shame that she felt like she had to actually send a letter. Yeah, if there'd have been any other way. Seriously, who sends a letter? Well, I think she thought it was a, a good way of doing it, which, you know, on the face of it, it did look quite smart. If only there was a way of getting that code across, she would, I think she would have got away with it. The code was genius. Um, and I know she said a couple of times, I'll either be viewed as a genius or an imbecile. Honestly, Lolly, you're a genius for coming up with that, and I think you're very unlucky that you, you got caught. Mm. I think her friends could have just kept checking Amazon. She didn't have to give them that information at that point in time. Uh, I don't know if you noticed as well, they, they actually show, you know, when they got the mail request uh, email, they showed what was on it. And one of the things she wanted was food and plasters. So I hope she's OK. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Chief Flex celebrates with an ale. As rightly he should. So next time, Ayo and Madhu get made by Danny and Nick. Come on! Uh, Anna and Elizabeth go sightseeing at the Tower of London by the look of things. And Nick has a near miss with the hunters. Yeah, and did, did you notice the shot of the drone there yeah. when it was on the ground with the flashing lights? I'm pretty sure they're the ones you get out of um, toy shops, to be honest. So, seen as though Anthony and I know what happens next week, Michelle, who do you think is going to get caught? If they're going to split up, either Madhu or Aya, one of them. Can I ask, this hasn't happened before, but if they catch one half of a couple, does the other half still have the chance to get money? Yeah, because okay. as, as long as the other half doesn't have the hunter's hands on their shoulders and hear the words, your time in the run is over, mm. they're still on the run. I think Ayo's going to be stupid and get caught. It wouldn't be surprising, would it, if he makes yeah. a crazy move? Um, it looks like basically everyone is in the next episode, though, looking at the press releases. Yeah, the only person not mentioned in the press releases is Madu. And, you know, if Ayo's there, he's kind of got to be. Mm-hmm. So it looks like we're going to get a five 
fugitive episode next week. It's good. Yeah, because it's one more one episode closer to the end for Nick, <laughs> so I'm happy with that. So, is there anything else to say about this episode? Oh yes, um, they describe Nick as a grey man, and I never yeah. heard that before. I thought that was really interesting. He described himself as that at the beginning of the episode as well, and then the hunters referred to it later. Yeah, it's it's just uh, that they are allegedly really hard to find a grey man because there's nothing distinguishing about them, so people tend to forget that they've met them and they can just wander through and sort of hide in plain sight because they're not particularly noticeable. Yeah. It's certainly a little thing, but did you notice when um, when they were looking at the cyber security <laughs> on the monitor, they've got post-it notes at the bottom of the monitor, and they all just say cyber on them. And it's like, I've no idea what they're for, but one of them doesn't just say cyber, it actually literally says C to the Y to the P to the E to the R. I, I strongly suspect someone from production went, hmm, something missing from this shot. I think we need some post-it notes stuck to your monitor. So I think we are about done for that episode. Yeah, what a change of pace, though, from uh, hilarity last week of the water skiing to a really tense episode. I found myself almost shouting at the TV, no, quite a lot. Lolly's capture was fantastically done, especially filming-wise. Yeah. Mm. It was, wasn't it? The way it was built up. The problem is, we knew from the opening sort of pre-credits thing, that Lolly was going to get chased down and caught yeah. at some point. And it was the first time that I'd properly sort of noticed it this week. Yeah, those things tend to sneak by, don't they, unless you're really looking for it. But yeah, it was it was there. But I still, I still had a glimmer of hope that maybe she would get away. So... Thank you for listening to this Hunted podcast. You can join us next Sunday for more Hunted recaps. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Hamster for me, Bear, three, 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 for Michelle, and Bulls Boy for Anthony. And with that, your time in the run is over. I got mud handled by a big bush. <laughs>